Hacker Public Radio. My name is Kwatu, and I'm going to be compiling a kernel. Kernel compiling has obviously been covered in a lot of places already, magazines, websites, podcasts. I am not an expert, but I thought that perhaps sort of a generic kernel compilation episode could be good. Uh, Dave Yates recently on his podcast, Lot of Linux Links, covered compiling a kernel. It was fairly... It was somewhat specific to a Debian system, so I'm going to be doing what I would call more of a generic uh, version of that. It's uh, compiling a kernel simply because my experience has been on either Slackware or Fedora, so the end result is not going to be ending up with a .deb file, for instance. It's just going to be kind of a more manual way of doing it, perhaps. This is also going to be based quite a bit on some conversations in uh, the Lot of Linux Links IRC channel with... Uh, Monster B and Peter 64. So if you've got, uh, if you, if you want to talk about kernel compiling with a couple of guys who who compile kernels every other night, those are the two guys to talk to. Although that's not an invitation to go in and ask them all kinds of questions all over the place. I mean, I don't want to volunteer them for anything, but uh, certainly if you want to chat about kernel compiling, they they do know a lot about it. So first. You'll need the... Well, first, you you should ask yourself why you're compiling a new kernel. Obviously, if your system is not broken, you may not want to fix it, especially if this is an important machine that you rely on. So keep that in mind. But a lot of times you'll want to compile a new kernel because you'll need, like, hardware support, and that's a great reason to go get the latest kernel from kernel.org, where they have the latest stable version, they have the latest... uh, snapshot of the stable tree. They've got the older versions of the kernel should you need for some reason an older kernel. You know, all the source code that you're going to need is at kernel.org. Now, if you know the link of the um, of the source code, you can also use just a wget, and that's how I usually do it. So I usually cd into my slash usr slash src directory, and then I simply type in wget space, and then I paste the link of the source code that I'm looking for. So usually that's like uh, http colon slash slash www.kernel.org slash pub slash linux slash kernel slash v2.6 slash linux dash 2.6.25, it happens to be 2.6.25 right now, uh, dot tar dot bz2. And that will simply download the source code uh, as a bzipped file to your slash usr slash src directory. You'll then want to untar that. So it's tar space dash xjf space linux dash 2 dot six dot two five dot tar dot bz two. That unzips whatever the, uh, the the source code as a standalone directory, and it's customary. And I'm not really a hundred percent sure why this is, but everyone always tells people to do this, and so I've always done it. But you you make a symbolic link from uh, from the from this directory that you've just untarred to uh, a directory called Linux. So it's just ln space dash s space slash usr slash src slash linux dash 2.6.25 space linux. Okay, so now we've got a symbolic link of of a directory called linux to the source code of our kernel, of our new kernel. So, actually I do know the reason for that. It's, it's I, I believe if, you're, if you've got any kind of scripts or something like that that needs to act upon the kernel source code, then no matter what, we always have a symbolically linked folder called Linux, which always is referring to the latest kernel source code. And that's why that is. 
So then you can change directory into the Linux directory. So just cd space space Linux. So here you are, you look around, you can ls, and you see all the, uh, the different files that the kernel maintainers have packaged into the latest kernel package. At this point, you are actually able to patch your kernel. So if there is something that you know specifically you, you'll need as a kernel patch for whatever it is, whether it's a security patch or some kind of driver patch, uh, you can do that right here. So if there is, uh, for instance, a kernel patch that you have downloaded, let's call it um, patch1.bz2, uh, you would move that to the slash usr slash src. And then you would simply type in bzip2, that is spelled out, so it's bzip, and then the number 2, space dash dc, space slash usr slash src slash patch1.bz2, space pipe, space patch, space dash p1. And that will patch the kernel so that whatever like security patch or hardware patch or driver patch, whatever, that you needed to apply is, is now applied. Okay, so you'll want to kind of, to make sure that you're starting from a, a fresh, a clean slate, you're going to type in make space mr proper. That is make space mr proper. Easy enough. That basically just clears out any kind of little binary bits that might have been left over from either a previous uh, compil compilation effort or anything like that. Once you're ready, I mean, you're kind of ready right now to, technically, you could start compiling the kernel. If you did that, at this point, you would be starting really, really from a, a, a very clean slate, maybe too clean, because you would have to basically start from the very beginning. And, the ver and if, you're, if you're configuring, if you're basically going to start generating a configuration file so that when you type in make or make bz image, as the case may be, the the comp the compiler will look at the configuration file for what you have for what you've set for your system, and it will use all those settings to uh, compile a kernel appropriate for your system. What does this mean? Well, this means that you need to know everything on your system. You need to know the CPU type. You need to know uh, what kind of drive controller you've got, a uh, hard drive contro uh, controller. Do you have SCSI? Do you have uh, IDE? S uh, SATA, basically everything about your system, what kind of uh, Wi-Fi card you have, what kind of graphics card, stuff like that. So this is significant because if you don't know these things, then you're really going to be compiling a kernel without any kind of clue as to what you're doing. So before you really do this, you need to really read up on your computer, figure out what exactly your components are that you're going to need to use. Luckily for you, uh, if you've got a working system as it is, and you probably do since you're able to at least go and download the source code for the kernel in the first place, uh, you already have a configuration file on your system. And this is somewhere in your slash boot uh, folder. So it's kind of going to, it's going to be a little bit different depending on where your system came from and who built it and, and how they built it. Sometimes the configuration file that you're looking for is uh, like dot config, so you won't really see it right away. Uh, sometimes it is uh, config dash huge dash smp dash two dot six dot two one dot five dash smp. It just really depends on your system. So have a look, just ls space slash boot, and you'll see in there that this is your current boot directory. So you'll you'll see in there all your all the system maps and all the configuration files and all the VM Linux files. 
that your system basically is right now having available to it. So have a poke around in there, find the config, the current config file for your, the current kernel that you are using. Uh, if you don't know what kernel you're using currently, simply type in uname, that is the letter U, N-A-M-E, space, dash, AV, and this will tell you what kernel you are actually running. So I do that and I get 2.6.21.5-SMP uh, and a lot more information. But So now I know that that's the kernel version that I am currently running. So if I use the config file for 2.6.21.5-SMP, uh, I'll know that I'll be using the uh, proper configuration file. So how do I use this old configuration file? Uh, well, since I'm in my slash usr slash src slash Linux directory, I can simply type in cp to copy, cp space slash boot slash config dash huge dash smp dash 2.6.21.5 smp. So that's just the old configuration file that I've identified, right? And then I'll, I'll type uh, space dot slash dot config. So what I've done is I've copied the old configuration file into the current directory, that's the dot slash, and then I've named it dot config. So I've just basically copied it and I've renamed it to be dot config. That's just uh, an easy way to grab everything that the kernel already knows about your system and put it into the current uh, kernel source code directory so that we can start from where we've left off. You know, so it's we're, we're instead of building the kernel configuration file from total scratch. Now we've at least got um, basically at least a, a system as good as what we've got already, and we can just uh, configure the new options. And to do that, you can simply type in make space old config. Okay, so this will attempt to make a usable uh, configuration file based on your old kernel, but there will there might be differences because obviously the new kernel will have perhaps new new options. Maybe it will have removed certain options. You'll, you'll still have to configure uh, something probably, but like I say, it's a lot less work than starting over from scratch. And that's a great way to do it, especially if you've never compiled a kernel before. That's a great starting place. All right, so after you've gone through, and, and basically it's just going to ask you a couple of questions, and you can usually type in question mark, uh, return that will give you sort of a clue as to why it's asking you and what the significance of what it's asking you is. But um, it's just going to ask you questions about, you know, whether you need certain um, certain things enabled, like group CPU scheduler. Do you want that enabled? And it will have a a yes or a no or a question mark. And you can the the default option will be capitalized, and or it might ask you to, you know, whether you want to create deprecated sysfs files. Um, just all these different questions about like the new options that the newest kernel has available that your old configuration file didn't have. If you don't know what it's asking you, the safest thing, and you know, read the help help the help uh, screen. But also, I guess the safest thing would typically be go with the default. Once you're ready, once once you've answered all the questions that it throws at you with the uh, the make old config, you will want to then make menu config that will bring you into the main configuration menu. You can navigate through this. It's an in-curses screen, so it's, it's it's graphical, a little bit lo-fi, but it, it is a graphical interface. It has a lot of help files available within that, and uh, you can simply kind of go down to the uh, load an alternate configuration file option and hit return, and it will it will load up that .config, which uh, obviously is, is what 
we just renamed the configuration file to. And so this will use exactly what you have configured to make the new the new um, the new kernel configuration. It will give you some options in in terms of the, the many many choices that it gives you. You can either build the choices, the, the different aspects of the kernel into the kernel. Uh, you can make it a module so that you can load it, you, you can load it, you know, after the kernel is, is, is running, uh, or you can just not include it. You don't build a certain, a certain option into the kernel. And it really depends on what you need, what you think you need, uh, as to what, what you're going to do in each case, if it's something that um, you know, there's there's options for like amateur radio support, things like that. Those kinds of things you probably just don't need to build. But certain other things you're going to have to really kind of think about, think about your system, and you know, choose accordingly. At this point, you are ready to actually start the compile. So you will type in make bz image. That is make beta z image with a capital I, and that starts compiling the code. That could take a while, depending on the speed of your computer. Uh, and after that's finished, you will type in make space modules, which obviously makes the uh, the options that you had chose to not build into the kernel, but build as modules. That'll do that. Now once that's finished, that won't take as long, but once that's finished, it's time to start moving some files around. Now the idea here, if you, it's pretty simple if you think about it, and you just have to kind of think about it because moving all these files listening to me say the paths of all these different files gets kind of confusing after a while, but if you think about what's happening, you're basically taking those old kernel files, like the VM Linux that represents the old kernel and the system map that uh, goes along with that old kernel. You're just going to rename those so that for yourself, you know that that's the old kernel. And then you're going to move in the new stuff that you've just done, like the BZ image and the new system map, you're going to move that into the boot directory because the boot directory is obviously what the bootloader is going to need to to boot up into a certain kernel. So the details of that would be mv, like move, mv space slash boot slash vm linux space slash boot slash vm linux dot old or whatever, whatever you want to name the old kernel so that you can recognize it as the old version. Okay, so you've just moved the old kernel uh, into a backup version of itself. So take the new kernel and put that into the VM Linux. To do that, you'll type in cat space arch slash i386 slash boot slash bz image greater than sign space slash boot slash VM Linux. So you're just taking everything out of bz image and uh, sending it over into VM Linux. The reason I'm giving the path arch slash i386 slash boot slash bz image is because that's what it is on my computer. On yours, it might be arch slash x86 underscore 64 or something like that. It just kind of depends. Just look in, like, right, where, right where you are, the slash usr slash src slash linux, there's an arch directory there. And in that arch directory, you'll see architecture that you have available to you. So now that you've uh, moved the new kernel over to VM Linux, you'll need to take the old system map and rename it so that you know that that's your backup system map. So again, it's mv space slash boot slash system dot map space slash boot slash system dot map dot old or whatever you want to call it. So you're just renaming the the old system map to something to denote that it's the backup system map. 
And now you'll want to copy the system map that you've just created while compiling your new kernel into the boot directory. And that is done quite easily. cp space system.map space slash boot slash system.map. Easy enough. Uh, now you'll want to make modules underscore install. That is make space modules underscore install. And that takes care of all those modules, make sure that they're where they need to be. And you're pretty much finished in terms of dealing with the kernel files and everything like that. The last thing you need to do is configure your bootloader so that when you reboot your computer, you'll be able to go into either the old or the new kernel. So if you're running Lilo as your bootloader, you will open up in the text editor slash etsy slash lilo.conf. And you'll take the existing entry, which was probably auto-generated by whatever, you know, when you were first installing your distro. You'll take that old entry and you'll make a copy of it. And on the old one, you will append, uh, for instance, where it's pointing to vmlinux, you'll make that vmlinux.old. And on the new one, you'll leave that as as it is because it's still it's pointing to vmlinux, which you've just updated with your new kernel information. Uh, you will probably want to change the label as well. Otherwise, they'll both say Linux. So make one say like Linux old and one Linux new or Linux dash 2.6.21 versus Linux 2.26, uh, 2.6.25. Just something for you to recognize which is the old kernel, which is the new one. And since it is Lilo, you need to update it after you've finished editing it. So to update Lilo, you just run slash sbin slash Lilo, and that updates Lilo. If you're running Grub, uh, you just open up in a text editor slash boot slash grub slash menu dot lst and again copy the existing entry that was probably auto-generated by your installer make the old one vmlinux dot old and make the new one vmlinux and change the label so that you can tell them apart you don't need to update grub it'll update itself and you just reboot and once you reboot it'll get to your bootloader and you can tell it to boot into the new kernel and take it for a test drive see if it works now, if it doesn't work, never fear. You've got that old kernel available to you via your bootloader. So you can just reboot, go back into your old kernel, and you're good to go. You can try to recompile the new kernel and see if you can get it uh, working properly. In my experience, when you use your old config file, usually the new the new kernel just kind of works. But if not, you know, just boot into the old one and try to recompile the new kernel. Remember, before recompiling the kernel, you'll want to type in make space mr proper so that it kind of starts back from from ground zero that also deletes that little config file so you'll need to recopy the old config file from your your boot directory back over into uh, the source code directory so that you can try to reuse it that's it for kernel compiling thanks for listening uh, next time i'm going to cover compiling a kernel over a clustered network a little beowulf cluster and in the meantime, if you have ideas for Hacker Public Radio, like episode ideas, or cool tips, or tales of, of Linux adventures, or hacking adventures that you want to relate, contact the admins over at hackerpublicradio.org. This is obviously a show by the community, for the community, so the more contributors we have, the more variety we'll all have. And making an episode is easy, uh, it's fun, so give it a shot. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.